I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 126. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. One of the things that my wife came up with just summer, which I think is absolutely brilliant, is I've been finding between the podcasting and the work, everything's it's been pretty crazy. And so I come home from work and I'm just fried and then I'm trying to spend time. I've got three kids trying to figure out how do I have any energy left for them. And so she suggested that why don't we get up early and go hiking as a family. And so what we've been doing is getting our kids up at 630. I know it probably sounds cruel. And then go out and do a hike somewhere around our community. And then I head to the office for nine o'clock. And I can tell you that the time with the kids has been awesome. I feel better. It's like having a double espresso before you go to work. And the other day, my son was talking. He was asking me about my experience in college. And I told him how I quit after three months or dropped out because I technically ran out of money. And he's like, I really enjoy this story time. So I don't know what it is that you guys do for fitting in that family time. I know that our business is crazy. So that's what we're doing. Maybe you have something that's working for you. If you do, shoot me an email. I'd always love to hear what's working for you. So reach out to me. So in this episode, Adam Howerluck, he's part of the DLC CME network. He's in Nanaimo and we had a great conversation about his what he's doing in his mortgage business. He shares how referring his client to the wrong realtor turned out to be a big mistake and what he learned from it. He talks about why investing in his own personal training is so valuable. And I can really tell from my conversation with Adam that he really, the, his highest priority is actually taking care of his clients and that the making the money part just kind of happens by default. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Before I get started, this episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. And normally when we have a sponsor for the show, it's because I have personally used a product or service and I can give my 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I actually don't do B deals. So I decided to do some research on them and I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, they were down to earth and they underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for to be a lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. If you're a broker who's looking for a lender for your next B deal, check out Pioneer West and tell them you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Brokering. They're big supporters of our community and we have cooked up some pretty cool giveaways inside the Facebook group. Check them out at pioneerwest.com and check out this interview with Adam. Hey, Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So I always like to start by asking how you got into the mortgage business because no one when they're a little kid says, when I grow up, I'm going to be a mortgage broker. So how'd you end up here? You know, you're right. It's, it's funny. I, I never knew what a mortgage broker was until I sat down with the mortgage broker myself. Uh, I'd graduated from university here, Vancouver Island University, and got my BBA and was managing all my background is in restaurants. So I was managing at the keg before this and I was working with a lady and she said, so you got your degree? Like, what are you going to do with this? And I really hadn't pushed too, too much with it and didn't, didn't really have any upwards momentum in my franchise at the keg in town here. So I was thinking I might have to move away. So she said, what What about mortgage brokering? Never heard of it. So she put me in contact with her husband, Joe Tompkins. And from there, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. So was she a customer? She was a manager. She managed before I worked there. And then she'd come back. Uh, she was on maternity leave for a long time. And she was doing one or two nights a week just to kind of get out of the house and interact with adults. And and so, yeah. And Joe used to work there before I did too. So we got a bunch of keg people in, in the office here. Hmm, that's cool. And then so how was your first year? Like, so you go from working at the keg. Yeah. Then you become a mortgage broker. So was it easy? Was it like, what did that look like? I am extremely grateful for supportive parents, 
both financially and emotionally, it was challenging. You go from having a, a salaried job where you work nights. With tips. With tips, with, you know, a lot of social interaction that's kind of brought to your doorstep. And do you go to, to suddenly everything is commission and you're no longer an expert in what you do, you're brand new. And, you know, I think I was, what would I have been, 27 or 26 when I started? Pretty green. And it took a while to get the bearings, get the, my feet on the ground. And so when did, at what point did you feel like, hey, I'm actually, I've got this, or I'm, I'm starting to feel like I can make a career at this? I think I've had like two or three peaks like that where it's felt like, yes, here I am. And then it's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, wait a second, wait a second. I would say probably year four was a really, really pivotal year for me where I was like, okay, this is what it's all about. There's, you know, clients are coming in instead of, you know, I remember, I remember trying to massage the hell out of the three deals that I had on my desk in the first year, which I thought was incredible to get in that fourth year of being like, okay, I've got three, you know, new good quality leads this week. Like I feel pretty good. And then, you know, it comes not crashing down, but you go, oh, we're no longer having the same kind of you know leads come in. And then you're like, what was going on? What was I doing? What was I not doing? Reevaluating, right? Right. Some of it could be just market timing. Some of it could be seasonal. Like one thing I've had to learn is just how it's so different in January, February versus July and June, right? Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it was, I was, I need to focus my efforts. My time was spread out fairly thin. Mm-hmm. Needed to rein it in and go, okay, what the, what are we doing here? What's the intent? So I always like to ask every guest about a quote that's had an impact on them. I love how quotes are memorable, they're portable. And can you share a quote that's had a big impact on you and then maybe how you've applied that quote to your life or business? One of the good ones that I've kind of had for a number of years is actually from my mom and I don't know where she got it from, but it was uh, take a chance, your pants. And it was, it's just kind of get out there, go. Like what's the worst that could happen? You know, other than that, there's there's a a good one from uh, Darren Hardy, which I think he says something to the effect of your main competitors are not others in your industry. Your main competitors are your distractions. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's definitely my experience. So, okay. The one that your mom says, take a chance, your pants, which yeah. now we have an explicit rating on the show. Like, Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. So how do you apply that? So what times are you saying that to yourself in order to either push yourself or can you think of a time or example that you actually... Did that not not actually little your pants, but okay. So so we got two different stories then. Uh, I, I would say a lot of times it's the hesitation to not maybe call uh, a either a realtor or like a referral partner or a client because you're going, oh, do they really want to hear from me? Am I just bothering them? And you go, you know what? It doesn't matter. And how often do I get calls where I feel bothered by that call? If I'm bothered, then I'll just tell the person, you know what, I'm good right now. Thank you. And then it's over and you're exactly where you were before, except for you know. Make Yeah, I could totally agree. see that. There's very rarely, I mean, unless you're phoning for me, unless somebody's calling me at 7 o'clock at night and it's like, hi, you know, since you're a valued customer of Insert Bank, we'd like to offer you some insurance on something. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass. Yeah, as soon as it's like, hi, Mr. Hori, Hori, Hori Luke, is that, yeah, yeah. That's the best part about having a name that people can't pronounce is that you know right away, you don't know who I am. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's awesome. So one of the things I've noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers and entrepreneurs is that failure happens, but it's never final. And that if you take a look back, there's a lesson in it. So can you share something you failed at and then the lesson that you learned? A pretty big one really early on was I, I, I gave a bad referral. I gave a referral 
based on referrals I was getting from a realtor instead of what was right for my client. So I felt kind of obligated. I didn't hadn't really figured out the whole referral process yet. And I gave the referral. It was actually a good friend of mine that I referred to this realtor. And he was really not happy with how it went down. And, and this realtor was quite new, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, usually you got somebody looking over them and, and even new people need chances. But he just really felt like it was, it looked very, it looked poorly on me. Yeah, it's a, tra- a referral is really a transfer of trust. And so if the person makes a mess of it, it actually looks like it's still on you. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we're still good friends and, but it's there. It's, it was there hanging in the background for quite a while. Right. So what specifically did that person do that made the experience bad for your client? My client was really nervous about buying a place and you know what all goes into it and are they getting the right place? And the realtor didn't put their mind at ease as much as they should have of, you know, you're, yes, you're doing the right thing. This is what's going on. And there was a couple of pieces that were balls getting dropped in the near the closing that maybe a, a more experienced realtor or somebody who has a better head on their shoulders would have, would not have let drop. There's always a lesson. So what do you do different now? Yeah, I do a lot more of a vetting process for my, of my clients to, to get an understanding of what it is that they're going to be looking for from their realtor. Like, you know, I deal with fantastic handholding, you know, patient realtors and I deal with fast talking, you know, let's do, let's do a sale. Let's, let's make some bank kind of realtors and different clients want different things. And some of those realtors that I wouldn't normally wouldn't gravitate to myself, they do end up being somebody's ideal partner. I do a lot of sorting out of the client to get a a feel for who's going to be right for them. Mm -hmm. It's like matchmaking. Exactly. You're kind of like the gray-haired guy on eHarmony. Find your perfect match. Well, yeah. My wife and I met on Match.com. So, yeah. Evolved there. Yeah, that's more normal now. My wife and I met like a rodeo dance. So, you know. (laughs) Actually, that's not true. That was our first date. Our first meeting was in high school. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to ask you about systems and processes. I know that to be successful in this business, you need to have a system and a process. Otherwise, you can't just show up and hope for the best. But specifically, I want to ask about sales or marketing. So can you share an example of a sales or marketing initiative that you tried and then the sort of one that didn't work and then a change that you made in something that's working? I had a marketing assistant for quite a while and just kind of hired her without an understanding of what it was that I needed help with, I guess, without stepping back and realizing that what I really needed was an admin assistant. I needed somebody to take care of some of the paperwork, some of the the filing and that. And I hired a marketing assistant. It was great. We were doing some good things, but it was still leaving me with a bunch of stuff on my table. Like those those meetings just I left those meetings with more work, more stuff to do for me than than I walked in with. Mm-hmm. That was the one that I ended up petering off and, and I think that in, in hindsight it could have been under the right circumstances, it would have worked a lot better had I been more gung ho into marketing, but I was more into admin assistant stuff, right? Right. Okay. So, and with your marketing assistant then, just can you, what kind of, and did you do any initiatives or any, try anything? with? Yeah. I mean, we did some really good things. Some client appreciation events of teamed up with a realtor here in town and an insurance agent that the three of us work really closely together. So we've done some client appreciation events, which have been quite successful, I would say, mm-hmm. but it's a ongoing discussion because the realtor that we dealt with is no longer, he's actually doing training for Remax instead of doing real estate transactions. So our client base is 
changing and, and, you know, I'm dealing with the realtors and should I be inviting this realtor's clients to another realtor's sponsored event? I don't know if you've had experience with that kind of stuff, but you just don't, it's, it's not easy to cross paths like that. No. It's like, so what kind of events have you done? What was the best one that you've done? Best one, pumpkin patch. We set up a booth at right in South of Nanaimo here. We have McNabb's farmer's market and we set up a booth and invite all our clients down and they do trail corn mazes. They do pumpkin patch pick, like they take you out in a toad behind a tractor and let you pick your pumpkin. So we bring chocolate, hot chocolate and coffee and that down to them. And it's just, it gets a great turnout each year. We get lots of families down. Everyone's really excited and it's a, it's a great event. And how many times have you done that? We've done that twice now. It's, it's probably the most consistent and it gets the biggest return. I mean, even we just invite friends and family out, not even necessarily clients. Mm-hmm. It costs so little for between the three of us to have that kind of... So who's the three? Who's the other person? You said the realtor, you, and... And insurance. Okay. My insurance insurance girl. We've done in the past day, for the last five years, we do a pumpkin pie giveaway during Thanksgiving. And so we send them an email out to our list, our clients, and say, hey, if you want one, come by the office. We'll have cookies and coffee and pick up a pie of your choosing. And we usually will give away sometimes 100 pies in a year. And it's kind of like you get to see... You get a couple minutes FaceTime with a hundred of your clients in a single day. And it's I, what I like is that it's not during Christmas because Christmas, everybody's busy and uh-huh. and they're already getting poinsettias and stuff. And so it's sort of, it's like, thanks for being a client and found that to be really effective, but it's sort of like a, a version of what you're doing. Yeah. That, and I think, I think you're right. I think having it outside of the major holiday is mm-hmm. a, is a huge leg up. Like I'd really like to do something for Thanksgiving as though like, you know, like giving thanks to clients. Cause if I'm dropping off a bottle of wine at Christmas, it's, it could be one of many. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. What's the most recent thing that you guys have implemented on the, on that side of your business that has been like, dang, I wish we would have done this sooner. Yeah. There is a, I've got a, I'm, I'm not paperless. I admit it. I carry papers as my security blanket, but we have a filing system that keeps all of our clients in front of us. And we literally have like schoolhouse stars. Like when you get a gold star, we've got a bunch of stickers like that that go on each of the files. And as, as you get a thank you, you know, as soon as a client comes in or we get an application, a gold star goes on there and a thank you card goes out to the client. And that thank you card has a, you know, $5 Starbucks card in it. You know, it's rewarding the act rather than the result. Right. Reward the behavior, not the result. You know, that, that's like kind of our first part. And then it goes into the database. And then there's another check mark that goes into the after uh, transaction database. So it kind of moves along. And the admin assistant, uh, Pauline, she's incredible. And she's helped this filing system just become tight. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the great part about having somebody help you with that is that if you're in the middle of putting out a fire on a file or sorting out a problem, that's still going to happen. It still happens. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I am the bottleneck though, still. And unfortunately, in that, you know, those thank you cards, they go on my desk, you know, labeled, you know, stamp, gift card put in it, but I still have to write the card. Mm-hmm. So those can pile up after a while. You have a hot season and you get, you know, 12, 14, referrals in a week and you're like, okay, I got to actually sit down and get these cards out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I've been hearing a recurring theme of the need to diversify your income. So some people say, hey, you know what you should, and there's kind of two camps. One says just do mortgages. That's enough. Another camp says, no, it's good to get a share of wallet, you, you know, more product lines since you have the client there anyway. So life insurance and other things. And so do you currently cross sell anything 
or which kind of which camp are you in and why? I straddle that fence pretty painfully. MPP. I, I mean, I don't do I don't do crossing. I'm not, I'm not insured. I'm, I'm not licensed for insurance. But MPP, I used to sweep under the rug. Essentially, in the first couple of years of my brokering, I was like, you know what? I've seen the marketplace expose on these. Like, this isn't good for you. Not to you know, just I, I wouldn't highlight it for the client. And then I literally had a client pass away in between getting this mortgage put in place, and he passed away just before the deal closed. Wow. And the lawyer called me saying, is there any chance that they took or were going to take that insurance? And I was like, no, no, they weren't. And admittedly with them, it was it was a different issue altogether, but it made me realize that, wow, in this kind of situation, that, that really would have worked. So it's almost like one of those cheesy insurance sales lines of, you know, oh, I know somebody who's actually had this happen to me, but I did. My client had it. So I actually spend a couple of minutes on it now and explain to people that, you know, when you change your debt ratio or when you change your your debt levels, you should be reviewing your insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a good opportunity to review it. You don't have to take this, but I encourage you to make sure that you are properly insured, that you speak with a life insurance agent. That's always a pretty easy referral there. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So I'm going to move to rapid-fire questions now. These you can answer with shorter answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back both mortgage brokers from being successful? I'd say for like for new ones, investing in their training, You know, putting some money towards coaching. But what kind of things have you done to be better at your job? I would say one of the, one of the late ones lately was the Darren Hardy. DLC picked up half the tab for a Darren Hardy insane productivity course. And productivity is something that I could really use more training on. So I, you know, bit the bullet and put down whatever it was, the 1200 bucks for it. And I still listen to it almost daily in my car. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's, it, I, I went through the program. I'm going to go through it again. It's, you, you should be listening to the mortgage brokering. Sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I, and, and I do, <laughs> do not, do not get me wrong. It is in there too. But yeah, the training, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why I didn't take the value, didn't see the value in spending that money because it's going to mm-hmm. get you returns. It's investing. It's not an expense. Right. So what one thing or habit you think it has made you successful? I'd say being in it to help people. You know, if I'm really not here to make money, make a lot of money, I'm not here to make money at my client's expense. My entire purpose of being here is to solve problems. I loved solving problems in, you know, in math class. That was fun. In at the keg, you know, you know having somebody complain about their dinner and solve that problem was fantastic. That's what I'm here to do. So clients get that. They feel it. Right. Do you have an internet resource or software program used to make your business more successful? Well, I use Google Docs, but really my cell phone, I would say as far as technology, it's my cell phone that gets me gets me clients, makes me more productive, and also brings it down. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Beyond Referrals by Bill Cates, plus these podcasts. Yeah, I'll send you 20 bucks later for saying that. <laughs> so it, this is the last question. If you remember the movie Back to the Future, and so if you could jump into the DeLorean, I could send you back to when you first started as a mortgage broker, and you could give yourself three pieces of advice to have a bigger, better business today, what three things would you tell yourself? If everything else is is equal for the client, look for a trailer fee possibility. Second, I'd say wake up earlier. Third, I'd say search out the training, the the investment. Invest in yourself early and, you know, do the things that you you know you're not good at and get training in those. That's good. So where can people find you online? They can find me at NanaimoMortgageExpert.com or 
adamhowerluck.ca. Awesome. Well, Adam, anybody listening can also get show notes, links to everything we talked about at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. Adam, I really appreciate your time today, man. I hope you continue to crush it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.